Hello and welcome to the Airline Economics Podcast. I'm Aaron Woolner, Senior Reporter at Airline Economics, and on today's edition, I will be speaking to Elise Weber and Matthew Tringham, co-creators of Skytra. Elise is Skytra's Chief Sales and Marketing Officer, while Matthew is Chief Strategy and Product Officer at Skytra, the wholly owned subsidiary of Airbus, which is developing a new range of indexes and derivatives linked to ticket pricing underpinned by data from IATA and secondary sources. Elise and Matthew, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. Um, So far with COVID-19, we've seen companies across the aviation sector reassess their business approach. Perhaps you could start today's broadcast by telling us a little bit about Skytra and how your ambitions have changed since the start of the pandemic. Um, Elise, perhaps I could throw that question to you. Yes, sure. Um, I mean, we really came into into this uh, with uh, the objective to help our customers with new risk management tools for the industry. Um, And uh, we started off by creating um, Skytra price indices, measuring um, the cost um, of uh, traveling around the globe uh, with the objective um, to deliver um, new risk management products that would permit our customer to hedge their volatile yields. So um, definitely during um, the crisis, what we have observed is that yields um, have become really much more volatile than before and unpredictable, which reinforces really our value proposition. And if you um, think about um, putting on a yield hedge together with a fuel hedge, um, it really then gives you um, the possibility to better predict your EBIT margins. And in terms of the, the approach to that, because you have made a slight structural change to the to the business since um, the start of the COVID pandemic, can you perhaps talk us through that? Yeah, well, the the pandemic um, has shown um, that there is also an increased need um, of transparency with regards to, uh, let's say, the market development. Um, and what I mean by that is that there is the need for companies of the aviation industry, but also the financial market, to have a more accurate view on market development. So what we decided during COVID, um, and you were talking about changes, there was a couple of changes. One is that uh, we saw it as an opportunity um, to push the development of business intelligence product that will help the market uh, to have a better view on on recovery for decision-taking. And at the same time, we were also reassessing um, our strategy on how to make um, our Skytra price indices um, tradable. So we're considering various options, um, be it from um, licensing or in-house, everything is on the table, but with the view really to adapt it um, to the new environment. In a nutshell, the crisis has shown the utility and uh, highlighted customer interest in what we're doing, but we are reassessing the best way of taking the trading piece market as quickly and efficiently as possible. But the need and the value proposition in the end remain very, very similar to what we started out to, to do three years ago. Okay, excellent. And perhaps um, you, since um, April, you've been kind of uh, collecting data and you've been publishing some data in terms of the impact that uh, COVID-19 has had on ticket pricing. Perhaps we could discuss some of the, uh, the results of the, of, the, of the data that you've collected. And in terms of um, perhaps on a kind of a broad uh, a broad starting point. What has been, the, you know, the overall impact of, of COVID nineteen, sort of before and after the, the lockdown period started? Well, it's been 
as, as the, the old curse is, may you live in interesting times. It's been incredibly interesting because all the dynamics of the markets have changed. So on a first level, uh, we've seen revenues and, and pricing initially uh, move down markedly across the world. And as, as you would expect, the, we may started measuring the effect in the Asian intra-Asian markets uh, initially, starting towards the end of January, where travel the, a lot less travel started being booked. Uh, and tickets started being discounted in parallel with the reduction in bookings, of course, leading to a uh, precipitous drop uh, in revenue, uh, up 90% down uh, at the worst point. And then if you start factoring and refunds, in fact, some companies were seeing negative cash flows. Uh, then the next uh, markets were the Asian-centric long-haul markets, so uh, Europe to Asia we measure and Asia to uh, North America. Uh, these markets also started trending down shortly afterwards. The following on from that, we see the European domestic market and the European North American market impacted from the end of February. Uh, again, within the space of a week or two, going from uh, a performance uh, within uh, similar to previous years to, again, 90% down. And then the final market to be impacted was the US, the North American domestic market in March. Yeah, so in a nutshell, all the market went down by 90% at the worst time, but in a sequence. And, and the sequence is described um, unsurprisingly by Matthew, going from Asia, then to Europe, and then to the US. Although there was one phenomenon we weren't expecting to see, uh, which we did pick up on the long-haul markets from Europe to Asia and from North America to Asia, is that at several points, we saw waves of what we understand to be repatriation flights or essential travel to visiting friends and relatives how airlines often refer to it, where actually the pricing was much, much higher than normal. And for certain carriers, we had uh, short periods uh, during the crisis where actually revenues were rather high and pricing was much, much higher than we would normally have expected. And in terms of the the pattern of the pricing, um, you said that a trend had gone already from Asia across to North America. Do you expect the recovery to follow that similar trajectory? It's quite unpredictable uh, to us because what we understand is a lot of people are not doing revenue management as they've done previously. So previous seasonalities and previous trends no longer seem to be holding true at all. Uh, what we've seen is a recovery in fits and starts. The first time we saw a market picking up was actually the domestic Korean market. And we saw what we thought was going to be the beginning of a recovery, which then sort of petered out in pricing and revenues dropped down to what we'd expect, back down to where they were uh, prior. Uh, Pretty similar trend on the Chinese domestic market as well. And actually, in a way, yes, you are are right, because we are seeing similar patterns repeated elsewhere. Uh, Travel restrictions being lifted, uh, increased revenues, uh, increased pricing, and then followed on by either competition, uh, pushing prices back down again, or indeed uh, some new new piece of news that crops up and uh, travelers being put off again. Yeah, and maybe it's worth it to make um, a distinction between the overall revenues and the ticket prices. Because of course, ticket prices are only one part of the equation. Um, you have to times the tickets, times the volumes and numbers of passengers. And I think globally speaking, um, uh, when you were asking, do you expect the recovery to go along the same lines for the revenue bit, um, I think definitely yes. What we can already see now in the forward booking for the next um, one, two, and three months 
is that um, uh, the um, European and the Asian domestic market um, already went up again. So um, from the minus 90%, they are now around 80-ish, 75-ish. Um, so they, will, uh, they, they are already going up by 15%. Um, as opposed to, for example, the U.S. domestic market or all the long-haul markets that are still, you know, almost um, at the same level at minus um, 85, 90%. So, um, yeah, we expect um, the, the dynamic to be, to be similar um, also in, in waves. Um, what's different um, is then what's happening on the ticket prices. But for the overall revenue, yes, we are seeing um, the same uh, recovery as uh, you know, following the the, the logic of um, when the crisis started off. In fact, what, I think what you're saying is, is, is a very important point. You're seeing shorter haul uh, domestic markets picking up before longer haul travel, which is also something borne out when we speak to to airlines and indeed IR travelers are much more sophisticated. Follow up from from that point. There, does that mean? Air bridges are important, and that once these are in place, we might see a, a bigger increase in terms of maybe longer haul or, or international travel. We didn't see. A, we were we were watching this idea of air bridges uh, quite a lot. Um, we didn't see anything specific to air bridges, but what we do see is that when uh, markets are opened up, that there are there's increased competitivity and prices tend to be a little bit volatile, but the volumes of tickets do tend to recover. So in the when we studied the UK uh, market, we saw that um, the, 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 the countries where people were allowed to go to, well, obviously bookings did pick up, and I think we published those numbers a few weeks ago in the release. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I mean, it depends on which level you look always, right? So if you look, for example, um, whatever, like uh, at a European overall level, and you look at the ticket prices, here ticket prices, interestingly, are almost uh, back to normal. But if then you zoom in into like, for example, no specific holiday destinations, you can't be really like um, uh, competitive pricing in order to stimulate the people to go back on the plane. So this is indeed what um, we can see for Italy, for Greece or for Spain, which are typical holiday destinations and where airlines are now competing for, for getting the passengers um, back into the aircraft. So, so you, you're predicting we're going to see um, a reduction in ticket prices in a competitive market in the near term? Well, we expect to see lots of volatility. It's not going to be only a downward trend, um, depending on the destinations, depending on um, how much capacity the airlines are going to put uh, back, depending on yeah, air bridges, politics, um, there will be increased volatility, which is also an opportunity um, for people to get really low prices, but it's not a guarantee. So um, what we could definitely see um, is now when we look at airline specific pricing is that it's there's a high divergence um, compared to pre-COVID um, in terms of the revenue management systems that airlines um, are using. Before there was a, a quite of an alignment in pricing. Now there's a big divergence, um, which of course, um, yeah, um, 
is is then has 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 a positive um, or negative effect for those who want to book. In fact, what we're seeing is a divergence of strategies. The, the world the world is not quite the same as it was previously, and so different airlines are trying out different uh, different strategies. And um, what we've heard is some people have essentially turned off uh, their revenue management systems, either and they're still not turning them back on, or they've been turning them on and off over the course of the last few months. And um, what we're seeing in in particularly in Europe uh, and North America, is that the equilibrium of supply and demand is incredibly dynamic compared to how it used to be. Are you surprised airlines have switched off their revenue management systems given given the level of volatility that's going on? Uh, not really. Uh, I, this is this is something we've heard in our discussions over the past few months. So it's not it's not the result of a detailed survey, but of course the world doesn't work how it did previously. So previous modeling and assumptions about you know, how to stimulate demand and what customers are looking for probably don't hold true anymore. What's particularly a good point to highlight that is the last couple of weeks, we've seen average prices trending down through Europe for Europe and also North America for North America. But our assumption is that these are actually for very different reasons. What, we, what, we've, what we're seeing in Europe was uh, the crisis comes along, cut of prices, readaptation of uh, capacity, supply and demand. And then prices trending back upwards again because a new equilibrium has been found. But then once again, when 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 restrictions are lifted, uh, competition takes over. So then people have to start filling the capacity that they've put back on. Uh, prices going back down. Whereas with North America, we have prices trending down over the last couple of weeks. But uh, our thinking is this is actually much more likely to be due to the um, less good news coming out of North America with regards to uh, the spread of the virus. Yeah, and maybe overall, just one point to highlight is that from like of all the markets, the market that was impacted most in terms of pricing was uh, the North American market, with uh, prices dropping by minus forty percent um, at at the, at the peak, uh, which was really unique compared to all the other markets, and prices did not recover yet. My kind of last question on on the pricing side of things: Have you seen much of a difference between uh, business and leisure pricing? It's, at the moment, it's been quite difficult for us to isolate uh, that that information out of our of our data set. We're really strongly focused on either everything together or economy class. Although what we do understand is that long haul business trips are are not really happening at the moment. Okay, I want to bring us back to kind of the start of the conversation and. Both of you were talking about how the the changing market dynamic has kind of uh, highlighted the the volatility and and the need for transparency and the need for instruments to to help airlines uh, and the aviation sector in general manage its exposure. At the same time, we're also seeing some quite large uh, losses from Rolls-Royce, IAG and Lufthansa from derivative-related products, from derivative um, products. How do you... Do you feel in terms of market confidence and getting people to, to use like the Skytra index, indexes once they're online, what impact do you think perhaps the, these kind of losses that the industry has suffered will have on potential appetite for the kind of uh, risk management tools that you're offering? Oh, that's really interesting because actually that really speaks to our, our original train of thought when we created Skytra is that uh, when we talk about airlines, we're talking specifically about fuel hedging, I think, in what you refer to there. Um, and of course, yes, fuel hedging, you can you can swap a wobbly line, so a variable fuel price, essentially, for a more predictable fuel price. But if you know the price of fuel consistently moves down, well, your fuel is going to cost you a little bit more than if you just bought it on, on the open market. 
And then if at the same time as fuel getting cheaper, uh, everyone else is cutting their prices, then you're being hit by a double whammy because you are you know, buying more expensive fuel comparatively and making less money out of it. But that's because it's a one-sided hedge because there was no there was no mechanism to actually manage the uh, the volatility on the revenue side. Well, wouldn't it be good if an airline could not just hedge their fuel, but also hedge their, their revenues and through the means of hedging the price of what they actually sell, which is pretty standard practice in many other industries. When you look at farmers, they can hedge the cost of fertilizer and their business inputs, as well as the, co the, the price of grain, which is one of their business outputs. So our objective was to create a similar situation so that with an appropriate strategy developed by the airline uh, treasury team, they would be able to protect themselves on both sides and avoid this problem of what they have now, which is where you have both thing, both sides of the business losing you money. So really that speaks to really where we started out with Skytra. And, uh, and of course, what we've seen here is that um, yeah, prices have become massively more volatile over the past six months compared to what they were previously. Yeah, and I think um, what the crisis has also shown, because we have seen how our indices have reacted, is that they have reacted as expected and yeah. that the hedging would have worked out as we had originally planned, which is uh, you know, a good confirmation to start with. Well, Elise, Matthew, thank you very much for your, for your time today on today's podcast. And that concludes Airline Economics podcast today. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank <music> you.